0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: welcome to the camera podcast pubs pints and people
2: welcome listeners to the camera podcast pubs pints and people the podcast where we talk all about pubs beer, cider and perry. My name's Katie Wiles and I'm joined by Anne Fiorillo and Matt Bundy.
3: Hi Matt, hi Katie.
2: Today we're going to be learning all about women in beer.
1: That's right, so last week we heard about the new Women in Cider initiative which was launched by Susanna and Elizabeth who we spoke to on the show and we're going to continue along that theme and we're going to find out about the challenges and opportunities faced by women in the industry because it's actually quite a surprising gender divide isn't it Katie?
2: It is. 20% of beer drinkers are women according to the research conducted by Dale. Lattice, who we'll be sitting down with later, which is actually really shocking.
1: I mean, it's crazy to miss out on a potential audience like that for the whole industry. I think that's uh, something that needs to be addressed. Part of this is down to marketing, if I'm going to put my old advertising hat on. In the 90s, there was a lot of very laddish advertising in the industry. And more recently, some beer brands have been trying to appeal to women, but in the wrong superficial way.
2: Mm, It's almost like overcorrecting, isn't it?
1: (laughs) It is. It's an overcorrecting. So you were talking pink cans and emphasising lower calories and things like that what we're going to see today is that the women we're going to speak to are as passionate about beer probably more than anyone that we've spoken to across the entire series and beer isn't for one particular group it should be for everyone
3: and you're going to hear this in the interviews today folks we've got these wonderful examples of beer social groups popping up online they're doing regular meetups and events i mean just last week we had the women on tap conference that was also held online i mean most things are in lockdown at the moment but that's been running for four years now and that's been run by the wonderful rachel who organizes a five-day schedule of talks panel discussions virtual tastings gigs to showcase women and of course promote equality and get people engaged with it
1: and last week Susanna forbes of little pomona who we spoke to hosted a cider tasting for the festival with cat potter and actually she's offered a really kind prize for our listeners to give away this week on the podcast mm-hmm. a craft cider case you can't you put... enter
2: yourself matt <laughs> I, really, I, know, I really love this. it
1: sounds amazing so, it includes eight ciders and two perries from the wonderful Three Counties Cider and Perry Association. And all of them have connections
2: to female producers. We love the Lockdown Hero competition that we ran the other week. We got loads of amazing people nominated for that. So, we're going to do that again, but we'll do a community hero this time. If you know somebody who's done amazing work in their community, is a real cider fan, who would really appreciate a case of fantastic real ciders and perries, get in touch on our social feeds. We're on camera underscore official. Let us know who they are, what they've done and we'll pick somebody next week to win the lucky prize
3: And if you're looking for more beer and cider or perry, you know, if you've not yet had your fill, we've got some even more wonderful news for you listeners Camera, you may have already seen it, has just launched a brand new app called brew to You, and this is where you can find pubs, breweries and cider and perry producers offering takeaway and delivery services in your area and in fact you can also find out national breweries as well
2: At the moment it's available to download on iOS. It's still under review for Android, but we've had some fantastic pick up on this over the bank holiday weekend. A lot of breweries and pubs and cider producers telling us that it's made a huge difference to them in a very short period of time getting orders and getting their name out there nationally. So it's a really good way to support the industry.
3: This is going to be a dangerous one, isn't it? For some avid drinkers. Dangerous in a good way, of course.
2: (laughs) Far too easy to get beer and cider now. (laughs) Well, exactly. But you know what? I just
3: wonder if this could be the start of something wonderful. All right, well, we better get started with the interviews because
1: you know we need to get on the app after this don't we and get <laughs> so there's loads coming up our friend alex Metcalf will be sitting down with jane leblonde who's the founder of the first all-female brewery called mothership and then Katie's going to be chatting to annabelle smith founder of dale artists which is a hub for women working in the beer industry and it regularly conducts research which we've talked about already so without further ado
3: listeners get something delicious to sip enjoy this one it's handing over now to our alex for his chat
4: with jane Learn and discover. I'm Alex Metcalf, Camera's Learning and Discovery Manager. We are sitting down with Jane LeBlonde, founder of the all female brewery, Mothership. Hi, Jane. Hello. Can't you tell us how you got into brewing?
5: Yes, yeah, so I have been a lifelong home brewer ever since working as a winemaker's assistant for a few years. When I was much younger at Chapel Down down in Kent. Spent a decade making hedgerow wines, blackberry wine, and then one year for Christmas, I bought my husband a homebrew beer kit, thinking that he would really love it. Um, <laughs> Did he? <laughs> he? It sat in a cupboard for a year <laughs> or so, and was just about to go out of date. And I thought, well, if he's not going to do this, then I'm going to do it.
4: Too right, fantastic.
5: And I was immediately hooked, and I quite quickly enjoyed the experimentation with the ingredients and understanding what they all added and the effect that they had when you change different parameters and. Yeah, it was, it was almost like a scientific experiment for Absolutely. me. fantastic. And, yeah, I really enjoyed that process and the the, the creativity that it offered. So, yeah, I got that's how I got into making beer. And it's quite interesting because at the time I wasn't really a beer drinker and I spent a lot of my efforts trying to make a beer that I thought that I might like to drink.
4: What inspired you to set up an all-female brewery? How did you get from point you just talked about now to set up your own female brewery
5: yes awesome. I worked for many years in uh, design branding brand consultancy oh, okay. advertising media that kind of field and I found myself working on some quite questionable clients and I wasn't really very kind of happy with the day-to-day this wasn't really inspiring me as much as I felt like I wanted to be inspired I had a baby and that changes your kind of perception on everything, okay. and um, I spent spent a lot of time on Instagram, as new mums do right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was really fascinated by this kind of phenomenon of insta mums and mumtrepreneurs and mums who were kind of making work work for them or
4: around their new the new shift in their lives
5: yeah, absolutely okay. um, and and as well as being interested in them, what actually most fascinated me was the, was the kind of solidarity and the support that they received from other women. Um, okay. That kind of sisterhood I found really powerful. And, and it was something that I, I felt like I wanted to kind of subscribe to and, and be part of. And I wanted to support women and I believed that women would support me. Taking that and my passion for beer and brewing and my interest in the industry and the, and the product, I put the two together and there was mothership.
4: Wow, and so how, how long has Mothership been running now?
5: Almost a year. Wow,
4: okay. So it's been, has it been quite a journey over the past year?
5: Yeah, it has. it been a whirlwind. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's only been a year when I uh, when I think about it like that. Wow. So much has happened and the business has grown so much already. Um, makes me wonder what the next year holds. What's
4: the next step? How are you brewing and where are you brewing at the moment?
5: So we have two tanks um, at the brewery in West Sussex called Missing Link. They're a brewery who are set up to support brewers who don't actually have their own brewery. Oh, fantastic. So we go down there, we brew the beer on our brew days, fill our tanks, and then they um, manage the kind of day-to-day seller side of things. Um, I will generally go down once a week, try the beer, make sure it's moving in the right direction, make sure it's kind of what what we're hoping it will be, and then they have all the in-house packaging facilities and, yeah.
4: Oh wow, fantastic. They're really fostering people. Um, working around their lives, as you were talking about before.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I think we we felt that it was a, it was possibly a bit foolhardy to uh, invest the hundreds of thousands of pounds in the kit before we kind of had proof of concept. So that's very smart. Um, very smart. We we do have ambitions to have our own brewery in time, but at the moment we're we're building the company and building the brand, and then and then eventually we'll get to that. So soon.
4: sustainably for you. Yeah. Do you think you've ever been treated differently for being a female brewer?
5: Yes, I think I probably have. Not always, in a, in a bad way. You know, there have been the instances where people have offered to carry heavy things for me, things like that, which, uh, you know, people feel that women shouldn't carry heavy things. <laughs> but generally I've been treated differently because I've been kind of welcomed and encouraged and people have thought that it's a really great thing that I'm a woman who wants to work in beer.
4: So there's also quite a positive response as well.
5: Absolutely, absolutely. A encouraging response. Yeah.
4: I mean, from your own personal experience, we've just started to talk about that and and thinking more broadly, what are the major challenges female brewers face? For instance, how have you managed juggling those expectations, starting a brewery and juggling that with family life?
5: I have two small children, two boys, a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and they are pretty full-on. Family life is full-on for anybody who has children. And the thing that I guess has been hardest for me, that a lot of the industry revolves around uh, quite obviously drinking and yes of course being out on an evening
4: unsociable hours
5: yeah events that start at 7 p.m when I have responsibilities to put my children to bed. i regularly ask to do meet the brewers, be on panels for things. And if I feel like I can make it work, it's generally a bit of a military operation. It costs me a lot of money in childcare mm. to do it. So that's a really big challenge that I face. And you know, in time, I'm sure it will become easier, but there will always be women with small children in the industry mm. who need to find a way to make that work.
4: I guess the whole socializing around Alcohol has always been quite focused in the evenings and trade events tend to kind of run into the evening as well. So it would need something, some wider kind of change in the way people think about brewers and who they are and what their responsibilities
5: might be outside the the brewery. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is. It all kind of makes perfect sense, but it is a challenge Hmm. predominantly women, but not only women, there are lots of fathers who have parental responsibilities as well, who can't always sign up to these things.
4: Hmm. So if we're seeing more women brewing beer, and there seems to be a certain visibility, very perhaps not not enough, nowhere near enough, of women making beer. Is there anything you think that could be done to attract? It's a bit of a snaking its tail. There's more women making beer. Perhaps more women will be attracted to drinking beer.
5: Yeah, I think it's probably the other way round actually. Okay. Um, I think if more women are drinking beer. They're going to become more interested in the process and the industry and they're going to be more inclined to look to it as a career path. Our mission is to champion women in beer and we aim to champion women who are making beer, women who are selling beer and women who are drinking beer. We believe that those three things all kind of tied into each other and the more women are involved in beer Mm. generally, the more the industry is going to benefit
4: we've talked about your love of experimentation in your journey to it sort of developing as a brewer do you ever experiment with ingredients or add anything slightly unusual out of the box when you're brewing in terms of the styles that you make
5: yeah absolutely we release four seasonal specials a year and they we generally try and be a bit more creative with those and than we are you know can be with our core range Probably the one that where we've pushed the most boundaries was International Women's Day brew last year. We brewed a watermelon gozer with foraged oh, wow. sea salt. Oh wow! Um wow. And so we <laughs> went down to um, went down to the coast and picked up a bucket of seawater, carried it home. And for anyone who's worrying, Google tells me that if the water is taken from a beach which has got a certificate for being safe for swimming and fishing. Oh, like a blue flag sort of thing. Yes, that's it. Then the salt is safe for human consumption. Ah, okay. So yeah, so we foraged the sea salt. And it was actually a charity beer. And we donated percentage of the profits to a charity called Women for Refugee Women. Wow, that's amazing. And the foraged sea salt tied in really well, because it was kind of a nod to the awful journeys that women had had crossing Mm. that ocean mostly yeah. or that that sea so to get to country to you know try and find a better life
4: what are the kinds of styles that have you been playing around with and experimenting with
5: we had a brute pale ale fermented with champagne yeast mm. which was um, very delicious and it's quite interesting challenge to use the champagne yeast and it was it was a bit of an experiment as to what kind of flavour profiles that would throw up, but it was a very well received beer. The final special from last year, which was a Tropical Chocolate Porter, we're doing one last wow. brew of that, which is very wow. delicious. And we have our International Women's Day brew for this year, which is a New England double IPA.
4: In terms of the styles of beers that you've been brewing in your career so far, is there a, a particular style of beer that you is your favorite to to work with
5: yeah well it might sound a bit boring i really enjoy the challenge of creating a really great kind of core beer making something that is not kind of necessarily hugely exciting really stand out that's a challenge that i really that i really relish. in
4: terms of sort of consistency
5: or consistency and just quality making it taste really special even though it's a standard beer. Our core range is an American Pale Ale and an unfiltered lager, um, and both of those we can tinker with. And here you've got and a journey beer. with them over time. Exactly, exactly.
4: Amazing.
2: Learn and discover. I love Mothership Brewing. I had their champagne-style brute beer. It was really fantastic. I think it's really great how Jane has taken back that term Mothership Brewing and making it all about powering women brewing beer themselves. Women were actually the original brewers back in the day, hundreds of years ago. It used to be part of the housework. And it's only really in the last century when beer became mass-produced that men took over that role. And then men started marketing it to other men and took that away from women. So actually, there's a real historical link. So I think it's 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 really great how Jane's made that link, even just in terms of the name of her brewery.
1: Absolutely. And thanks so much to Jane for talking to us. It was really interesting to hear all about that story. If you want to hear more about Mothership Brewery, then you can go to their website. It's mothership.beer.
3: Right. I think it's time for us to have a little recipe from our Sue again, don't you? It's been something that we've introduced over the past couple of episodes. Sue Noah is our Delia Smith, I Nigella Lawson, our Mary Berry are basically everything (laughs) of the cookery world that you can find a link to with beer.
1: Yes, so this week's recipe from Sue is for bangers and beer cassoulet. And she writes to us, she said, there's stuff deep in my freezer that's been there since the Ice Age. I think we can all relate to that. She says lockdown seems as good a time as any to exhume it to augment our weekly supermarket deliveries. Definitely. Recently around, she came across a pack of Italian chicken sausages, and it's cooked with both beer and red wine, this recipe. Sue uses Bays gold from her neck of the woods. And it's actually a pale copper in colour and drinks like a light bitter. I've tried that, actually. It's delicious. And I think it would look great in this. Full of recipes on our show notes, as always, and on wb.camera.org.uk. And if somebody gives it a try, don't be shy. Share us a pic on Twitter. Maybe hashtag A. Let's get it trending. <laughs>
3: We've got to do it. We've had hashtag call-ups. Yes. We've had hashtag, uh, yes. has, hashtag tart.
2: Now let's have hashtag. I'm just waiting has- for one, someone to use one of the hashtags.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you're listening, give it a try. I mean, this is begging for a slow cooker, isn't it? One day, whack it on at 10 o'clock and away you go. Be ready for five. Lovely jubbly.
2: Thank you, as always, to Sue for that recipe. You know, we're going to be chatting with Annabelle Smith very shortly from De L'Artis, And she does talk about how beer and food pairing is a really good way to tap into women who don't necessarily drink beer regularly and might not realise that it's their new favourite drink. We've already talked about how only 20% beer drinkers are women, and Deolatus has found that some of the main barriers facing women drinking beer is that male-orientated advertising is a huge barrier. But also, you know, a lot of women don't see other women drinking beer and might feel embarrassed or put off or judged for getting a pint at the bar. So the fact that other women aren't drinking beer has this self-perpetuating cycle that keeps those numbers down. So there's a lot of Different things that we need to look at to start getting more women drinking in the beer world.
3: You know, I even just think to my wife, she'll have beer at home, a sunny day like this, we'll have a barbecue, and she'll quite happily drink beer with me in the garden. But you're right, sometimes we go to the pub and she almost feels shy to order one and she'll go for wine or GT or something.
2: I was at the bar once with a guy who ordered a half pint, and I ordered a pint, and he just turned to me, he was like, Oh, well, you've emasculated me, haven't you? And I was like, it's... <laughs> You can order a pint if you want to, it's nothing to do with me. <laughs> yeah, <isn't it?"> exactly. <laughs>
1: (laughs) I pretty much drink mainly halves anyway, because it means you can try all the
3: different beers on the bar. Top tip, and you come home a little less worse for wear as well, I suppose. (laughs) So, on to the next interview. You did the next one for us, didn't you, Katie?
2: Yes, I had a chat with Annabelle Smith. So she's a co-founder of De Artis. And we ended up doing this actually a few months ago before lockdown. And we were in the Belgian embassy called Visit Flanders off of Oxford Circus. So the room is a little bit echoey. It was one of those beautiful, grand, high ceiling rooms.
3: So you actually manage to sample any of the beer while you were there?
2: I did. And actually referencing back to Jane's interview, it was the second time I'd been there. Both times were beer and cheese events. And the first time, about 20 weeks pregnant, and it couldn't have been a worse place to be for a work <laughs> event. It was filled with these really incredibly high ABV Belgian beers and then the soft blue cheese and pate uh, that you can't touch. Yeah, you can't and touch I was them. literally, I think, like sitting in the stairwell at one point, just like, oh, I don't <laughs> want to be here. Oh, so I, I got to go back with Annabelle for this interview and I made up for some lost ground. I can't wait to listen to this let's hear all about it desert island beer today i have the pleasure to sit down with annabelle smith founder of dea and accredited beer sommelier annabelle as a qualified beer drinker i'm really interested to know what your desert island beer is
0: i can answer that straight away and it would be a belgian beer called orval and i <laughs> never get tired of it even 30 years down the line
2: are you just saying that because we're in the visit flanders embassy <laughs>
0: Funnily enough, not that it's an absolute <laughs> coincidence, but it is definitely a beer that I say I say everyone should try this beer once in their lifetime.
2: What makes that beer so special?
0: All those special because it's so complex, and you get some fruit, and you get some biscuit, and you get some sweetness, and you get the strength of the alcohol, and it's just a unique beer. It's it's amazing. You're an accredited beer sommelier. What is that? There is no one single definition because sommeliers do different things so I can only speak for my own role in that when I became an accredited sommelier I I was already a trainer so I wanted to train people about beer and that makes up the majority of my business I love writing about beer so that's why I'm involved in the British Guild of Beer Writers and I also love introducing beer to consumers so a big part of my business is also going to events and getting people to try different beers and consider drinking beer with food. So that's what my role encompasses.
2: So can anyone walk off the street and become a beer sommelier?
0: What does it take? I think first of all you've got to have a passion and a love for beer, you can't just walk into it and say well I drink mainstream lager and that makes me a beer expert. But, to to go back to the beginning of your question, yeah, if you're a beer lover and you're prepared to study and you're prepared to understand brewing and what makes beer good and what makes beer bad and what makes a style a style and why certain beers go with foods and you can communicate that to other people, anyone can become a beer sommelier.
2: Amazing, and obviously today we're talking about women in the beer industry. How many women out there have this accreditation?
0: There are over 200 beer sommeliers in the UK, of which there are actually quite a lot, about a third of them are women. Mm. Uh, Women make very good tasters, not only in the beer industry, but also across the whole of the food industry. We are a lot more sensitive to certain nuances in food and drink. What is
2: it that we are more sensitive to? Are there a particular taste?
0: We are more sensitive to our sense of bitterness which can be a negative and a positive because if you love beer you're looking for those nuances of bitterness in beer but because we're so super sensitive to it, women in particular, if you are very sensitive to bitter flavours you may reject beer out of hand and this is one of the problems with women and beer taste is the great divide
2: mm. so tell us a bit more about that now you're the founder of dea Lattis. what is dea latis
0: okay, i'm co-founder with a lady called lisa harlow and dea latis was the celtic goddess of beer and water and dea Lattis, now is very much a hub for women who are thinking of working in the beer industry, who are already working in the beer industry, and a hub for any kind of research that is done in the UK about women's attitudes and behaviours towards beer. And where did the idea come from? Uh, Lisa and I noticed how many boys clubs there were in the beer industry, where they all got together quite regularly. And we said, actually, there's quite a lot of those women working in the beer industry who wouldn't mind that kind of social engagement. And that's how it really started out. It was kind of a social group for women working Mm. in the industry. So what does Dayal Artists do today? Dale Artists is purely for research purposes today, so we've been very, very lucky to get grants from the Worshipful Company of Brewers, which was a long, long process to get some money and justify why we needed the money. So we've done two big bodies of research and the same things kept coming out time and time again. Marketing and advertising was a real turn off. Even though we don't have that kind of advertising around anymore, there's been an awful lot of history to unravel. The environment where you drink beer, a lot of women, particularly in the kind of older age bracket, didn't feel pubs were particularly an inviting safe space for them. There were a lot of myths that the women we interviewed came out with that it's bloke's drink, it's fattening, it always comes in pints. And we were able to kind of decimate all that research and go back to the beer industry and said actually if you make beer drinking environments more appealing and you do smaller serve sizes, a more attractive presentation of beer, you're well on the way to attracting a bigger audience. And let's face it, who wouldn't want to attract 50% of the population?
2: There's obviously been a lot of changes going on in the industry. What are some of the most positive things that you've seen in recent years?
0: The most positive thing I've probably if I could say the number one thing it's when you go into the on trade, when you go into bars, and again I'm gonna pick out craft beer bars in particular, they are diverse. You don't get the kind of everyone has their own seat or everyone has their own table, so it's very, very inclusive. It's the attitude of the staff in these bars. That they so want to include you, they so want to say, this is my favorite beer and they're not snobby. If you go in and you say, actually I like lager, they're not going to laugh at you. They're going to say, right, if you like this type of lager you probably like this type of pale ale. And, and they, they're just really really passionate about it. So in terms of changing in the industry I think we've moved away from that old style pub model with the bar as a barrier through to this new style bar where there's a lot of table service going on, there's a lot of recommendations, there's a lot of information out there.
2: I guess despite all that, there's still 20% of women who are drinking beer, whereas there's 50% that we could get up to. So what do we need to do to bring that, to close that divide?
0: I think we perhaps need to kind of reposition beer as a gender neutral drink. How do we do that it could come through advertising so I am going to name a kind of big multinational brewery here but just before Christmas 2019 um, Carling actually did a fantastic advert which just showed a woman coming home from work kicking off her shoes swigging back from the bottle and I thought yeah that's how it is it's not big surprise woman drinks beer it's just kicking back after work. So more positive images like that will really, really help. I know we've been banging on about this for quite a long time, but still you go into restaurants, you go into casual dining, and the beer range is so sad and it's so limited. And you think, come on guys, you've got a wine list as long as your arm and you're offering me a mainstream lager as the choice to that, and it's not on. Um, so I think the more we can get that casual dining group to consider beer as an accompaniment to food, we're probably going to attract a few more female drinkers in that way. But I think we, get, we now have some really, really positive role models in high-up positions in the beer industry. And we need to shout a bit more.
2: So anything next up down the pipeline for yourself as a sommelier or for Dayal lattice as a group?
0: Dayal lattice is ticking along as I say it's a hub. Any new information about women and beer and attitudes towards beer if you just google Dayal lattice and go to our website that would be fantastic. news for me is the piece of my job that I love most and I would do it five, six, seven days a week is training people um, because by capturing those people and by training them it's either training about beer styles or how to look after beer or how to pour a perfect beer and if you can inspire those people they will remember that training session so it's all about kind of making training better and kind of altering it from it, people don't learn like they did in schools anymore it's about making training something that you come out of and you go that was Flipping fantastic. So that's what I'm striving to do this year.
1: Desert Island Beer. Wow, I love the idea of being a beer sommelier. That sounds incredible. You can go to beer school.
3: (laughs) Oh, totally. And the fact that she loves training, you know, you get a wonderful teacher. I mean, if she's got that much enthusiasm when she trains... Sign me up.
1: And it's really interesting that 30% of all beer sommeliers are women, despite that stat, we were talking about being only 20% of beer drinkers.
3: Exactly. And the sensitivity point was lovely. I almost felt like it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek to, to say that, well, women have got a sensitivity to bitterness. But of course, you can see how that is very useful in the beer industry.
2: The women that I do know in the beer world, and I do know quite a lot of them, really take it very seriously. They are beer educators. They have done their sommelier course, advanced cicerone courses, etc. I think women are the new force of beer educators, beer experts coming this way.
3: Definitely. Another wonderful interview for this week. And thank you so much to Annabelle. The central hub is there, Dale Artists. Seek it out on your internet browser, folks, and get involved in the conversations. As, as Annabelle's rightly said, it's not a closed secret. Anybody can get involved, anybody can join in. Right. Let's dive into the archives then, shall we? It's a bit of a murky one this week, isn't it?
2: Yes, it really is. I managed to bring out some festival guides from the Great British Beer Festival from the early Notties, which is, yeah, a bit shocking. I came across them during an office clear-out a few years ago, and my jaw literally hit the floor <laughs> when I saw some of the advertisements in there. They were very much of a bygone era, I should say. Well, we had
1: in the Dale Artist research about how male-orientated advertising can put women off, and I guess you can see why when I look at the one that I've got in front of me. So I've got a brochure from 2001, and on the front cover it features a naked lady lying on what I think is a bed of wheat uh, with <laughs> very, very carefully placed hops across certain areas. I mean, yeah. look at that you think really is a way to um, only be targeting 50% of an audience, I would say.
3: There's no difference to the one that I've got here. It's a Marston's Pedigree ad, and it shows, again, another lady barely wearing anything, a couple of slabs of wood covering her modesty, which reads, Bikinis are better than lycra, and beer is better in wood.
2: I think it's very reflective of the time, isn't it? Like the early noughties, when you think about Christina Aguilera, dirty video like yeah. Britney Spears, it was all about sex selling, and obviously that was just brought over to the beer industry. I've got another brochure in front of me where it looks like a Spice Girl (laughs) is the goddess of beer and a little short skirt and everything. It's very weird to think that that was what we grew up with in terms of marketing. And if you see that growing up, then of course you're not really going to think of that is for you because it's tailored towards lads, isn't it? Of course.
1: Mm. That's right. But let's not leave on a bad note. And We've also got a lovely article from What's Brewing September 2019, which talks about what Camera have done to try and address this it says here that camera bans beer with discriminatory names or artwork at its flagship great british beer festival the 1000 plus beer ciders and perries that were available there were checked to ensure that they adhered to camera's charter and code of conduct which actually talks about inclusivity and diversity
2: and this is something i worked on closely last year we just got such an amazing response from people it's something that was happening already for several years where our volunteers were checking the beer orders coming in and making sure that there weren't offensive beer labels. And when I said, okay, well, why don't we tell people about that? The reaction was almost like, oh, well, we sh- we shouldn't have to say we do that because it's done already, but actually going out and publicly saying this is something that we are checking for and this is something we're taking seriously had a really really positive reaction in the industry and a lot of people were very much welcomed it and thought it was a huge step forward so i'm thinking very forlornly to the gbbf that should be taking place no. this august oh, no. <laughs> but you know for future festivals onwards and upwards
3: indeed and do you know what with that i think there's only one thing for us to do let's ding that bell for last orders Last orders. It's time for us to toast our episode another week that's been the Camera Podcast.
2: What have you all been drinking? I've been inspired to pick up a special brew dog beer, which is the Roaster Coaster. It's a Brewdog versus Evil Twin Nitro Imperial Vietnamese coffee stout. And I've literally seen this on all the craft beer forums, on Twitter, everywhere. So I've literally been salivating over this beer for weeks and finally got it from Tesco. And it's 9%, absolutely delicious, very American, inspired, I would say, and lots of coffee and vanilla tastings.
1: Mr. Bundy, Well, I've been sent a gift in the post by an old work colleague, very kindly, from Broccoli Brewery. A lovely case of all the selection ones they have. There. So I've been drinking their Session IPA. It's absolutely wonderful. You know, it's just another brewery who's turning to online orders to keep themselves going and keep everybody like me happy.
3: Well, mine isn't as exotic as, as either of yours, but mine has got a lovely little story. It always brings me a smile, especially at the moment during lockdown. And my drink this week's been Fuller's London pride. And that's because it's a drink that I always have with my very good friend, Tony, who's part of the camera branch up here in North Beds. So we go to the pub together often to drink. But it's how we first met with through this drink, because we were both on the Castmark AO trail and we did our ambassadors course, but Fuller's Brewery, and of course, while we were there that was what was on offer that's what we were drinking and tasting and being trained with so it's london pride for me this week
2: don't forget we now have the brew to you app up and ready so you can get all of your beer directly through that i'm going to be making sure to order for next week's episode make sure to have a look we have nearly 500 pubs clubs breweries and cider producers listed so there should be somewhere nearby
3: absolutely and if there's not just use the national filter you just downloaded the app yesterday and there's a national filter so in fact you can even get yourself something that's not in from your area that you might not otherwise have been able to get your mitts on.
2: Join us next week. We're going to be learning all about beer heritage, speaking with Beer Nouveau about the heritage beer styles that they're brewing, and Jeff Brandwood, who runs the pub heritage group at Camera. So before then, have you got a quote for us, Matt? I
1: have. uh, And I'm going all the way back to the last German emperor for this one. Nothing if not contemporary. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Kaiser Wilhelm was his name. We're going to put a twist on this, uh, particularly for the theme this week. So he said give me a woman who loves beer and I will conquer the world. I think we can all agree the quote should be, show me a woman who loves beer and she can conquer it herself. Cheers!
0: Cheers. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. does a free case of beer sound? Yes you can grab a case for free courtesy of our pals at Beer52 by going to www.beer52.com forward slash people that's the numbers 52 in the 52 and covering the meagre postage cost of £5.95 and what's more as a special offer for our listeners they'll throw in two extra beers for free so that's 10 unique craft beers.
1: Beer52 is actually the biggest beer club in the world. Each month, they send their members a case of beer from a different part of the world, and this month it's an absolute belter. Their great European road trip case takes in the best beers from
4: across the continent.
0: So try a crisp, refreshing Pilsner from Norway's Lervig Brewery and a monster 7.5 double IPA from Sweden's Derges Brewery. On the dark side this month, there's a smooth stout from Copenhagen's Tool. There's also beer from Croatia... Poland, Germany, Serbia, and Austria, among others. And if dark beer's not your thing, you can choose the light only case. Also included is the ever insightful Ferment magazine and a couple of tasty snacks. And even if, after all that, you're still unsatisfied, you can simply pause or cancel at any time.
1: So head over to www.beer52, that's the numbers 5 and 2, dot com forward slash people to claim your free case of 10 beers now.